Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Okay, so getting into the topic tonight, first of all, we have reached a milestone on the Master of None podcast. If you have been following me on Instagram, you can see I'm very excited. If not, go follow me on Instagram at the Master of None podcast, where I've been talking a little bit about some exciting news. We currently have ads. So within Spotify, it takes a lot of work to get ad released. Some people do it quickly, some people don't, and I've been able to hit the mark. So I'm incredibly excited, and meaning we now have ads running on this podcast one milestone of many. So with that being said, let's get into the podcast. So this is a story um, that is pretty intense. It's kind of going over something that happened. I'm going to go ahead and play this audio just to give you an intro to it. Of what happened here this morning, but again, it has been confirmed that three people died here this morning. So officers were dispatched to this house here behind me, just past the tape you could see uh, at around 2 a.m. This is located on 89th Street in Redmond. We're told the woman who called 911 called from a neighbor's house, said this was a stalker situation, like you said. Now we're told four shots were fired. When officers arrived, they found a 35-year-old man, the husband of the household, laying in the front yard there, who had been shot in the chest. They tried to save his life. He ultimately died. When officers got inside the home, they found his 33-year-old wife and the 38-year-old suspect who were both dead from gunshot wounds. Redmond PD tells us that suspect broke into the home, broke into a window to get in. We're told the suspect did all the shooting here, so he shot the husband, shot the wife who he'd been stalking, and then turned the gun on himself. Now, the man had been stalking the victim for some time now from what we have been told. Uh, the However, investigators were not able to, she did file a no contract restraining order against him. However, investigators had yet to serve him that because we were told that he was a truck driver and, and he was just always out of the area. Uh, but the woman who escaped here that we mentioned here earlier today, we're told that it was the mother of the wife who was killed here. Now there was some sort of altercation between her and the suspect who ultimately shot himself. Uh, but again, this is an absolutely tragic morning here um, and this is going to be a long investigation this podcast is really about the story of this couple and what happened as you heard within that intro um we're getting more information on this case and it's really breaking in a lot of different ways online and it's talking about kind of a circle of zahar um excuse me for my pronunciation zahar and her husband malad um, they, she was 33, he was 35, and they were unfortunately, um, it was a murder-suicide with the perpetrator in the case being Ramin. Now, a lot of details are about this case, and within this podcast, I'm going to give an overview of what happened, provide you some insight into this couple, and potentially see where this situation started. So let's get into it. So this case obviously is very, very sad. It's also kind of interesting as well because she was a fellow podcaster. And I wanted to cover it because it is it is interesting from that aspect um, at the same time of being remarkably tragic. Um, so Zareen was really interesting. I think I did a deep dive on her and I went through her LinkedIn and kind of started to get a feel for who she is or who she was and her husband as well. Now, both of them came here from Iran um, and they would have migrated, I think, in 
around 2017 where they got married. Both of them were software engineers. The husband, Malad, was actually a software engineer at Amazon, you know, kind of making roughly around 380000 a year is what her, what his, um, how much she would have gotten paid. And she was a software engineer too, working for a mortgage company, kind of creating new systems to help from there. Well, she started a, a podcast. And within this podcast, what was happening is she created a premise based on the fact of helping people who speak Farsi, which is a language of, of Iran or Persia, helped them to navigate the software industry. Now, within this podcast, she would interact a lot with people because her main goal was to help people, help people of her culture, help people in this situation to have a better life within the United States. Um, within this situation, that's where she would have found her stalker, Rahman. Um, and he was a long-haul truck driver, and he started interacting based on a group called Club Chat. I'm sorry, Clubhouse. From there, they would interact and have conversations, and she would have forms with people, helping them to navigate different spaces, helping them understand what they need to do, help with their resume. Well, from there, they would also do some kinds of meet, meets and greets, and within, I'm um, about within the last month, eight months, she would have actually ended up meeting Ramon, and there the, the obsession would have started. Um, the obsession was very intense. At times whenever the it was at, you know, he was calling her sometimes 20 to 100 times a day. He would show up at her house. He went so far as saying that if she didn't date him, he would tie himself to a tree and burn himself in the front yard. Now, this was a culmination in it, in it, and it happened over a period of time. But... What's really crazy about stalking in the United States is it's really, really common. I mean, it happens to millions of people, and there's different indicators and different levels of it. Now, Zareen would have done everything that she had to do within the police, filing the proper reports, the straining orders, everything to the nth degree. But in this situation, in my opinion, the law force and the police system failed her and her husband. Um, and I can get a little bit more into that. But... What happened within this situation is he started this podcast and she was helping a lot of people. Um, and I did a deep dive in Malad too. And I could tell from his website, you know, I looked on his Instagram, kind of got a feel for him and he was from Tehran, which in itself is just amazing to come to the United States and have such an incredible job and work really, really hard as a software engineer. Now from Tehran, he would have come here and he would have built himself as a career and he had a blog post and he posted a lot around 2017 and then he reposted once we had the situation with the woman in Iran who was unfortunately killed based on what she was wearing. He posted about that and talked about how unfortunate it was for the family and I read through it. I actually did a podcast on this. Well, the woman was Mazamin, but her name was Nikki and he wrote a long form about it and he hadn't written anything since 2017. He wrote this last October, so clearly it really moved him. Within on this pot, within on his blog post too, there was a lot of information on how to help people who spoke Farsi get jobs in the software industry. So they both had a passion about helping people. I think that's what makes this couple so unique. They also purchased a house in Redmond, Washington, which is about 1.6 million. So they're doing well. The average price of a house here was a million dollars, and I think the national average is around 300,000. So stocking is a really serious issue and it's hard to track. I mean, if we look at the stats, there's over 500 and there's over 500,000 stalkers within the United States at any given moment. 
25% of these stalkers are women and the majority of them, 70-40% is men. So what happened? Well, it seems like at some point the stalker became unhinged. He was from Houston, Texas, and he was a truck driver. He was actually married to a woman and had a kid. And the interactions with Zareen would have really created a relationship where they would have been interacting. So here's what happened. He would show up since November, and he actually told her that he was going to create separation between their marriage. He said that he was going to make it to where he, she was married to her, and they were going to have a romantic relationship, so much so that he would go and deliver flowers to her house. Now, this made her feel really uncomfortable, and this was happening and escalating since around December. Now, from there, there was there was situations that happened where he would call, he would text, he would stay in hotels within the town, tell her about it, and she informed the police. The police force knew all about this, and they still allowed some type of whatever to happen. Now, whenever we look at the situation of that night, it looked like, like he was saying, he broke in via window around 1.30 p.m. Now, the other report I heard is the fact that the mom actually tackled him um, within certain situations of it and ran to the neighbors and called. So we we have a situation where he killed, he, unfortunately, he shot Zareen and then shot the husband, stumbled out, and then it was a murder-suicide. Now, the ex-wife did indicate that there was a lot of strange activity going on with him, and she still was scared of him. The ex-wife never really talked about it. She was in Houston. They both were, were from Iran, so they talked because they had a small group. And because he was a long form, you know, he drove a lot within the trucker and he was doing long hauling. He wasn't coming back and forth a whole lot. So they would talk on occasion. And what he was telling him is that him and Zareen were actually together. They broke up and they no longer had a relationship. So this relationship was in an escalation mode. So as it was being escalated, we have a whole situation where he is, in fact, obsessing over her and thinking about her all the time. So much so that he even warned the fact that he would kill himself and burn himself in front of a tree. Now, in my ultimate opinion, whenever you start hearing the fact of suicide or murder as it relates to a stalker, you really need to be aware of what's going on here. I mean, you now have a person who is willing to take their life in order to get a point across. He was saying that so he would go on a date with her. So this man created this narrative in his head while he was driving long form, listening to her podcast in Farsi trying to determine how the relationship would be. And it's a long drive from Houston, Texas to Washington. I mean, we're looking at, like, it's got to be at least anywhere between 15 to 20 hours. So within this process, he broke in, and unfortunately the case took place. Now, this is such a tragic situation, and it really, it just, you can tell. Like, when I look on her Twitter, she's posting a lot of stuff about freeing Iran, um, the Iranian Revolution, creating a lot of independence, talking about how the Ayatollah in themselves have worms in their brains and how it's just Iran needs to change. And her husband, or Iran, her husband is doing the same thing. He's posting, and it's a whole community built to help people. So it's really tragic that within this occasion, she was trying to help this man get better in the United States. She was living out what we I would call the American dream. I mean, to go from Tehran and within the first generation, not even a second generation, be able to accomplish this is truly amazing. And it's really unfortunate how this case unfolded. Whenever we look at it, the fact that in my ultimate opinion, the police did fail her and her family. They should have created some type of situation where he was arrested 
and thrown in jail the minute he threatened her with suicide and burning her in front of her favorite tree. I mean, the guy was so detailed that he was calling her friends. He was calling everyone that he could call. He would have to change numbers. He would change different um, different phone plans and, and target everyone he could within her circle. So much so that I cannot find that much information on Zareen. I looked at her LinkedIn. I'm trying to find her blog post. I'm trying to find a lot of information on her or even her podcast name. And I have no idea where it is. And I wouldn't be surprised if she took a lot of that information offline as a result of dealing with this stalker. I mean, the husband only knew about it since November. So from that, you know, it's like there wasn't a lot known, but we're looking at about four months of really that this stalker was probably rearing up and really pursuing very hard, so much so that he even called a band or potentially called a band to perform in front of her, but changed his mind at last minute. So he was investing all of his time and energy into her. He was really wanting to have some type of relationship. He knew she was married and he was still pursuing. And here are the 10 signs you have a stalker. Obviously, she knew, but it's like, I think everyone's aware of it, but it's like he hit all of them lurking around your workplace or neighborhood. He did that. Watching you. He did that. Repeated phone calls. So he did that. Um, stalking signs, giving gifts. He gave her flowers. Boy, sometimes that dyslexic is so weird. Rescuing you. So we're looking at these different signs. So manipulating, keep calling the friends. So use the internet to follow you, which really makes me think so she cut down on a lot of stuff on social media, probably to protect herself, isolate you from your loved ones, act violently or threaten you too much unwanted contact. This is so sad. You know, I had such a dyslexic moment earlier where I spelled stalkers and the information came up as like stalkers for grocery stores, okay? This is what I deal with. I had to recheck the spelling, but here it is. Based on the highest presented rates and established that there's 12.1 million women and 3.7 million that are stalkers, S-T-A-L-K-E-D, at some time in their life. And 6 million women and 4.0 men are stalked annually in the United States. And they're so obsessed. It's like many will be stopped after they are arrested, prosecuted, so it's like there needs to be better federal laws put in place to stop stalking. So in all in all, very tragic situation. Looking at this family, um, looking at this married couple, they were so young. Life was just starting. They built a home for themselves, and they were had great jobs. They looked like they were well-established, and they wanted to help their community. You know, they can tell that there was a lot of stuff going on within Tehran they didn't like. And they wanted to pursue freedom within this country and do any way they can. And they work so hard. For me, this is a tragic case. And I do think that they did everything they're supposed to do. And at the end of the day, the police should have done a better job at protecting this family based on what happened. Thank you for listening. And we will get back to you tomorrow.